On today's episode of Heads in the Cloud, Graham and I are joined by Gary Auden of Delphi Inc. We're going to talk about 5G, security, Enterprise Connect, NoJitter.com, NoJitter, GDPR. Yeah, it's a, a wide-ranging discussion with a lot of good things. Really smart gentleman named Mr. Auden from the DC area. Stick around also for a really fun animal story at the end. I promise. Open it. Heads in the Cloud with your host, David Portnowitz, Graham Potter, and John Roth. Welcome to today's episode of Heads in the Cloud. I'm David Portnowitz. And of course, I'm Graham Potter. Graham's back in the saddle. Yeah, two in a row. How about that? <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go away and get some uh, energy drinks. I'm uh, I'm worn out. You're worn out. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm worn out. Yeah. You've been uh, you've been doing well. You're back um, and running. Like, yeah, not like I was, but uh, I, I'm, didn't I'm you back. see the Gasparilla races? I up did. In Tampa? Yeah, yeah. That's you know the four for those uh, listeners out there who don't know the Gasparilla Classic is a is a pretty famous race in uh, in Tampa around the February time frame, and it's about thirty five, thirty seven thousand runners. I like it because they give a lot of money to uh, charities, pirates, boys, and yeah, there's a lot of pirates running around. Men and women, and uh, they give a lot of money to boys and girls clubs. So mm-hmm. it's a good, good cause. But they do four races over two days. Did a, you do all four? Um, I did in 2016. There's a there's a 15k first thing Saturday morning, followed mm-hmm. by a 5k, and then a half marathon on the Sunday, followed by a, an 8k. And this year I only did the 15k on the Saturday and the 8k on the Sunday. But some friends of ours came over from uh, from the UK and did all four. Wow, and uh, yeah, the, how'd you how'd you feel when you're running? Um, I'm flat. I got I got no energy at the minute, uh, and part of that's you know some of the, some of the yeah things I, I've uh, I've had going on and what have you. But you getting know, up there just, in age, Graham, but you can't be yeah, running that far. Yeah, anymore. yeah, I'm I'm actually a couple of Guinnesses away from. Uh, what does that mean? A couple there. of Guinnesses away. I mean, well, you either turn in sixty-five or you're not. What's the what's the <laughs> don't what? tell our listeners how old I am. <laughs> they all think I'm forty-five. Not anymore. Um, not anymore. No. Um, yeah, just when a, is your birthday? Um, well, there's there's a reference there or, or a pointer there in the word Guinness you should get March 17th. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, so you're yeah, St. Patrick's Day. How many, Brit, how many Brits do you know? I was gonna be my mother was gonna call me Patrick Potter, but it had a, an interesting ring to it, which uh, you know, I thought it was Harry. Um, yeah, um, people people like to think that you know, like to think I'm involved in uh, the Harry Potter series. They also like to think I drink with the Royals, but uh, <laughs> I had to stop doing that. But um, so you were yeah. so you're coming up here on your 65th. Yeah, yeah, it's a kind of an epic, uh, an epic time. <sighs> it's when it's when people like to start asking you about pensions and uh, and things like that. Do you, you have know, any we, special plans for your birthday? Um, well, actually, uh, it's just before Enterprise Connect. Actually, I, I was going to do some some serious running. I was going to do some half marathons and what have you. And uh, Sarasota promptly decided to move the. Sarasota Half Marathon to uh, to October. I saw so, that. Why yeah. why that happen? You know, they they said that it was to do with the fact that there are no major runs around um, in in that time in the October time frame. So it would be a good thing to do to move it there. Um, I kind of think that there's an issue with getting permits for traffic. If you look at if you look at traffic flow at the moment mm-hmm. along 41 and where they're doing all those road works, mm-hmm. where the run actually goes. Um, I think it would be brutal right yeah. at this point in time. So I, I, don't, I don't think they got, I don't think they got the permits. Is, is my view? That's a personal view. But I know a lot of people are upset. Um, two reasons: one, the temperature can still be a little kind of off around October. It can still be off a little, little around this time of year, as you know. I mean, um, 
the uh, the Gasparilla was really warm. You know, the, mm-hmm. the course was under a code code yellow on the course because. But um, a lot of people have got flights. A lot of people book their hotels uh, and were in and, and what have you. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, other than that, yeah, just uh, dinner somewhere, family uh, family dinner. Might go to one of our Sage. local local restaurants. Yeah, about time you went there. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go next shout, weekend. Shout out for our. Where's Chef Cavelli? Is he gonna hook me up with like chef, a really nice chef dinner? Cavelli. Um, hey man, you. Gotta, I'm putting you, you in charge of that. You can. You, you you're his next door there. neighbor. I, I tell you what. Um, we were in there the other day with our friends that came over from the UK. Thanks for and, the invite. And Chris, Appreciate yeah. It. Well, you, you don't go every time I ask you to go. And Chris, Chris knew that. He knew you hadn't <laughs> been there, and he made a comment about it. But um, <laughs> I'm going to go. Know, he made a comment about the fact he'd like to do the podcast there again with me. All right. So, he Fred, maybe we'll you. send him he an said, email yeah. like this week and say, hey, chef, we'd love to have you on the podcast again. Also, David's going to be at the restaurant next weekend. He'd love to see you. Oh, no. Wow, wow, wow. Just wah. like, you know, work that in there. But he, he, he came out and uh, very graciously, you know, come out and chatted to us and whatever. And then we got the royal tour of the kitchen. Kitchen was amazing. It was great. Young, young they had team heat lamps in there. in there. Oh, everything. You know, every, all the food comes out. On. Yeah. It was, <laughs> no, the place was no. really, really good. High tech, there. right? You know, like it was when we went there before, buzzing and uh, yeah. got a got a major increase on the wine list now. The wine list is uh, as long as you're on. I mean, when I first went in there in that in the first week of opening, yeah. it was pretty pretty short, and they'd also run out a lot of stuff. But yeah, they got some really nice. How's the food? Stuff. Who was great. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. I've heard fantastic things. So maybe maybe we'll be in there fairly soon. When are you going? Uh, next weekend. Oh, I won't go then. Um, but <laughs> you know, we'll 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 figure out a, a time to do that. So but yeah, for my birthday, we're just gonna we're just gonna. I can't do anything too much to, with too much exertion. I I get tired. You know, I'm 65 years old. So. Well, you're not yet. So you mentioned Enterprise Connect coming yeah. up here in Orlando in a yeah, few weeks. Yeah, I, I always typically go down and what's uh, what do you think it's going to be the, the big topic this oh, year it's really really interesting last year was so focused on ai and uh and, and collaboration there yeah were big presentations from obviously i don't think that, i think that's going to be a, a similar yeah i think feel it will be. this year yeah i think it will be some talk about 5g maybe yeah yeah that'll be interesting, interesting. To, to understand a bit a bit about I security think a, i think will be a hot topic yeah. there i think i just came from an event in phoenix where i was out there and scott said it was hot it was yeah. dry heat though yeah, you can I, I really it. like when people tell you it's a dry heat. I live in Florida; it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. I, I, the dry. I, don't tell me it's a dry heat. I don't, I don't care for that. I can stomach a dry heat. It's like opening. An it's oven. hot. It's, it's just like opening hot. an oven door, isn't it? You know, it's like when you walk past the oven and. But they, you know, they, but they, the there's almost an expectation that like you you don't know hot because you have this. You're in, this is a dry heat. It's hot. It's <laughs> hot is hot. I don't care what it's kind of hot a, it is. It's not oppressive. It's, it's all, oppressive here it's in the all summer. To, it's all to do, yeah, because that's all to do with the dew point, you know. So anyway, we, we we're anyways, I was out in Phoenix, but also a lot of talk about yeah, security okay, cool. and how it affects the channel right. and and just a lot in that space and right. partners. So we got another big show coming up in April, isn't it? We got channel got, partners, uh, channel partners out in well, Las so, Vegas. Yeah. We'll be out there. Yeah, for our uh, listeners out there, we'll, we have a yeah. If you're going to be out there, we'd love big, to see you. Big presence, yeah. John and I might do a live podcast, possibly. Yeah, really? Yeah, we're talking about oh, it. So what you're missing? You're skipping me out there. Well, you, you didn't. You, you know, you didn't invite us to the dinner at which at the Sage. So we're not inviting you to Vegas. So it's a retribution. Oh, okay, fair enough. I, I get that. <laughs> I get that. I think I'll, I'll probably interrupt the broadcast. I'll secretly jump on the broadcast maybe we'll dial you in yeah I think maybe we'll. our live podcast will be with you <laughs> yeah my own. can't find any other guests billy no mates just yeah. me you and john yeah. <laughs> chatting about god knows what yeah. all right so we bring gary on yeah let's see if we can we're uh, gonna have uh, gary are we, alden are we alden uh, oh, you're gonna butcher the gary man. Auden. You're i'm gonna, calling him gary Auden. you gonna, you can pronounce you're gonna you, butcher the man how, so how do i say it 
Um, we'll wait and see. All right. Let's let's call Gary let's up. Go Ring. Ring. So, good day, everybody. We are joined by a very interesting gentleman uh, by the name of Gary Odin. And I've got that pronunciation correct. My colleague, my co-host here, would would have said Auden, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to say it correctly. Very unusual surname, and we'll get into that in a moment. Gary uh, is the president of Delphi, Inc. He's got more than 40 years of computer uh, communications and security experience and uh, a whole lot more besides a great and interesting background. Welcome, Gary. Uh, oh, thank my, you. My name's Graham Potter, and my co-host here is. Uh, David, I like how you're doing the introduction. Like, these are very formal introductions. Porter, <laughs> I'm a very formal kind of guy. It's because you're a British chap. That's because I'm British. I'm. Uh, you you might have gathered, uh, Gary. I'm the European, so that's why I got the pronunciation uh, correct. Oh, so this so. is this is an international. Uh, it is an international podcast. Yes. Yeah, you got the international version. Yeah, here we're, we're going to get into some of the EU stuff later on. We'll talk about Brexit and everything like that as well, <laughs> Gary. So it's very, very interesting. So uh, welcome. Uh, why don't you? Tell our listeners uh, a bit about your background and uh, where you're from. Well, I'm a technologist who learned to write and speak. So that's, sure. that's been a major change in my life. Well, that's a good start. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. going to come back to that. Yeah, I'm an electrical engineer, graduate work in computer science, and I spent the last 40 years doing consulting, writing, blogging, and about 2,000 seminars as well. So learning how to talk to people was part of what I figured out once I became a technologist. Cool. So reading on uh, some of your bio, um, you've got more than 40, uh, 40 years of experience. So you're probably along the same ilk as myself and another gentleman in the room here that's behind all the uh, recording equipment. Um, I'm about 48 years, I think, at this point in time. In fact, I, I will celebrate. A, I'm probably a, a couple of Guinnesses away from a, from a very big birthday uh, this month. So, um, But... Uh, you even see that you've uh, you worked on mainframes in the past. That's how the company uh, company first started. Yes, uh, when Xerox built computers, I was their biggest OEM for two years in a row. Wow, that's yeah, pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very interesting. And you're you're a regular contributor to uh, to No Jitter, I see as well. And Telecom Reseller and Webtorials okay. and Tech Target. Okay, cool. So I read an article of yours uh, a while ago, actually, on uh, being, a, being a European. I found it interesting. It was a November article you, you put out in 2017 on the GDPR, which for, for those that don't know is the general data protection regulation that, that impacts uh, uh, European. It was a, uh, a ruling that was passed by the European Union back in 2016 um, and really, for companies that do business with uh, companies in the EU, they have to comply with that uh, that requirement. So, really interesting article. I don't think a lot of people realise that. And I also found very interesting the fact that uh, companies that that uh, suffer a data breach with that have to um, report that within a, a pretty short period of time. Otherwise, there are massive fines. And I'm talking. I think I read something like was it twenty million or four percent of uh, of total annual sales, whichever was the greater. Yes, and what a lot of people don't realize is California's instituted another law very similar to that for twenty twenty called CCPA. Wow. And what so, and what does CCPA mean? What does it mean for companies out there? And how and how is it going to be uh, implemented? Very much like GDPR. If you have data on a citizen in California and you cause a problem, a breach, you don't follow the rules. Uh, you can be sued and fined. 
And do you think that will be something that will get rolled out more domestically throughout the entire country? Or do you think individual states are going to be patented? I mean, what's your, what's your take on that? Right now, because the federal government isn't doing very much, it's going to be individual <laughs> states, which is going to be much tougher on the businesses because yeah. the law in California is one. There may be another one in New York. It depends. You know, The more democratic states tend to push towards this kind of um, legislation is where mm -hmm. the more Republican states are falling way behind. So having a disparate set of regulations is going to make it really hard for American businesses to deal with these regulations. And so as as that space and, and, and I would say sort of generically security space sort of it becomes more top of mind for both uh, businesses and consumers, you know, how do how do you advise or when you're consulting with businesses, what what are the things that you talk to them about about security and and, you know, what are the things that you're most keen on seeing and making sure that they take they, they sort of implement into their business? First of all, you got to look at their policies. Right, and make sure the policies at least conform to the rules that are governing them. The second part is, do they actually enforce the policies, which I think is a major problem. And the third part is, do they train their employees to make sure they enforce the policies? Because a lot of the security problems, nearly 50% of them, are from insiders and users of negligence, mistakes, or malicious behavior. But if you're a customer, how, where do you even start? How do you know where to look? I mean, there, it seems so overwhelming. Actually, as a customer, it's almost impossible. Just like when you go to um, a credit uh, service company trying to find out what do they know about you, it gets to be a real problem, especially when the information's incorrect. <laughs> I, had, I had one where my company's called Delphi, and there's a company called Delphi that produces auto parts. Yep. And one time I looked up my name and I found out I'm a president of a company with 10,000 employees that has uh, <laughs> benefits problems. <laughs> Nice. How's that going for you? <laughs> well, let's put it this way. I, I got rid of that division. <laughs> <laughs> Dump that one. So in, interesting comment you made earlier on about, you know, learning to uh, to write and what have you. Um, and I, and I, I heard something on a, on a broadcast that you've done about uh, keeping sentences short and, and uh, teaching people how to use the right, the right sort of words and, and what have you. I'm a great believer in that. I'm a great believer in uh, brevity in uh, any form of communication, especially emails. If I see an email that's uh, more than sort of half an inch deep, then uh, I'm done with it on board. And I think part of that is, uh, is the older you get, the more grouchy you get. And, and your, your attention to, to uh, your attention span is, uh, is, is obviously very limited, but uh, interesting. Well, one, one thing about the emails, I wrote an article about that, and I think a lot of people could take and make the subject line the entire email, and that would get everything across, and I do that yeah. a lot. Yeah, I think if you choose your words correctly, but you don't use kind of what I would call flowery language that, you know, I just think people use that just for the heck of it because they, they think they're maybe better educated. I think the Brits invented flowery language. Yeah, we do. So we like invented you know, the language anyway, so let's not get on that one. So, <laughs> well, um, well, yeah, don't make your email a romance novel, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're uh, you're speaking on a couple of tracks at uh, Enterprise Connect this year, Gary. Correct? Uh, yes, I'm doing one called Digital Transformation Metrics. Okay. And my my goal there is that many people say there's digital transformation. How do you know you're doing it well? What do you measure? Do you have anything to measure now that's worthwhile? How often should you measure? What kind of tools are out there? Because what I find is a lot of people saying we're really successful. I said, okay, what does that mean? Yeah, how do you measure and, that? Yeah. And the second one, which is something I've been working on with one of your 
compatriots in England, Graham Francis of the SIP school. Okay. Every year they do a SIP survey. We just finished the eighth one. And my other presentation is what are the pitfalls of SIP trunking? You think it's a commodity technology, but yet everybody seems to do it a little bit differently. The problem seems to come up. And the survey showing after eight years, we still have the same problems with the same number of issues as we've had year after year. You wonder, isn't anybody reading the survey? Yeah, I think in an article you, either an article or a broadcast you did, you, you said something like four out of five uh, installations for SIP trucking goes uh, goes awry. Uh, do you believe that still to be the case? Oh, absolutely. The uh, the eighth one that was finished in uh, the fourth quarter of last year brought that up again. The other thing is, in the same survey, you listen to the provider's comments about SIP, and they seem to think, no, we don't have a lot of problems. And most of the problems are the PBX, when in the customer surveys, the PBX tends to be the least problematic, and it's the SIP provider that's got the most problems. So you right. can't even tell who's right. So what what are the major customer complaints about the like what what are what are their what are their what are the top issues they have in the SIP trunking space? If there's one thing that people do wrong, it's configuration. It's not really the technology's bad. The problem is people installing the technology and tweaking the technology screw it up a lot. Do you think that's down to people's lack of understanding of the implementation that they're they're doing or what the business is going to be running like or is that you know lack of discovery work beforehand or all of the above yes <laughs> i love it okay. but here's the issue if you deal with a lot of technology people they don't have a lot of time True. most people who put in sip trunking are not experts at sip trunking yeah they're doing it one time so they tweak a lot and when they tweak they can turn things off. I had one case where a guy finally got everything working right and turned off TLS and the security didn't work anymore. Yeah. But didn't find out until later. Yeah, not good. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's why when we, you know, as a company that sells 100% through the channel and relies on our partners to do the installations, you know, one thing that we try to stress with them over and over and over again is to one bring in a sales engineer, so bring in someone from our side to do the insta to do the, the the install with. But two, you gotta have information on the network before you show up to do the installation. You must be able to go in there. You have some kind of network diagram. Understand well, that's, that's the discovery process, and, really. I and, mean, that's, that's but that's a lost art, really. I yeah. mean, I feel like you know they they just want to get in there as quickly yeah. as possible and get out as quickly as possible yeah. and get on to the next thing. And I times think, money exactly. And I think when when that happens, you come up with issues and. People are like, oh, SIP trunking, I've been doing that for years, no problem. But when they get in there and the network isn't you know, exactly like they thought, or you know, it just becomes an issue. And I think we have to get back to the basics in some situations like that. I'd like to call that faith installations, right? <laughs> and I think there's several points we've made there. One is a lot of people put in SIP trunking assume it's a commodity, and it's not. Secondly, not all SIP trunking is equal. So when you put in like a session border controller, there are differences in configuring it. Thirdly, when you look at the setup, a lot of people never trial it. They never start off with it. And what is worse is even if they trial the function, they don't trial it for capacity. And so generally speaking, when it finally gets to a full load, that's when you find out things don't work. Cool. It's interesting because I think people won't re don't realize how much SIP trunking we actually still do. I mean, like there is a fair amount of it that still happens. And I think, like you said, people, you know, don't, you know, they just like, oh, assume that it, it's a commodity, like you said. But I think it's, it's, there, there's a lot of locations that still require some SIP trunking. And it's, it's just a, it's sort of a forgotten, it's sort of there, but no one, no one really talks about it. 
Well, a lot of people talk about SIP trunking as, oh, I'm replacing my T1s and PRIs. But if you look at those technologies, they're more than mature. They're the same everywhere in the US. That's not true with SIP trunking. The second thing, which then put in one paper I did for another company, SIP trunking internationally is quite different than SIP trunking domestically. And yeah. there's a lot of places you can't do it or you can do it, but you have to have certain licenses. And sometimes I've seen customers end up in trouble with the communication with the authority of a foreign country because the company that provided the SIP trunking didn't accept the liabilities and the customers get screwed. Interesting. I hadn't even, I, I hadn't even really considered it internationally. So I'm not even sure. Graham, I mean, what do they do? What is it? Do I, do I to be, to be honest, that, that was all uh, after my tenure. I mean, so you left the yeah, UK. You, I don't, left the UK. you haven't well, got a ton of banished. UK SIP. You were banished. Okay. <laughs> Well, you know when to leave a sinking ship, right? Yeah, hell. yeah. Let's let's not. Well, we could always get on the on the B subject. On no, the, we're not going to talk about Brexit. So, <laughs> so you you're also you got enterprise connector and talk about digital transformation and how to measure it and how to and how to sort yeah, of understand. Cool. So, what um what are some of the pitfalls in that space now, and how do companies you know how should they be measuring you know and how should they be attacking that? Well, usually at the top of the list that for people uh, delivering digital transformation is focusing on customer experience. So when we look at customer experience, we have the contact center and we have the website. And if you look at the more modern contact centers, the website and the contact center personnel are integrated into an omni-channel environment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Usually people measure the contact center one way and the website another way and don't correlate the items to say, is this a cause for the problem or is this the correlation that I should be looking at? I think the tools have to become more uh, sophisticated to be able to put together a number of measures say, if what I did really working, does it work right or well? And I think sometimes people think that, well, this is going to work overnight. That may happen with, a, let's say, a major announcement or marketing push. Or it may be you change your website, and it takes a while to figure out the website is really good, but it takes a learning process. The other thing is that you have to measure periodically. You just don't do it once and say we're successful. Because if you also look at technology changes, the market changes, customer behavior changes. So you can't assume what you did last year is valid this year. So that's why I think the tools and measurements become more important than people realize. And I think they're under budgeted. Interesting. So in, in, in your prep work for this talk at, uh, at, at EC, have you talked to any companies or what, what, you know, what, are, what are they saying to you? Is, are there successes and what are they saying are there failures? The problem I found in doing some analysis here is I found five different opinions of what to measure. <laughs> now there's a world world forum of some kind that had a whole list of very minor things to measure and i put that out and sent it off to an enterprise connect and they said well that's not good enough so i then <laughs> went back and did some more measurements and they go all right i'm doing in the presentation here's five different opinions of what to measure and what's important the one opinion that seems to fit almost everyone though is you got to measure the return on investment the problem with ROI is people can always think it's dollars, but return on investment may be, I get to keep my market share. I get right. to increase yeah. my market share. How yeah. do I translate that into dollars, all right? Or uh, I can create a new market through this that I didn't have before. Well, in the early part of that, that's a loss leader until I make profit on it. Sure. So return on investment, I think, has to be a broader term for a lot of people, but that's the one on top. Are there any other sessions at Enterprise Connect you're looking forward to listening to? Yeah, I, mean, I what, think the what's, other, what's, what's interesting to you right now? The other thing I was going to ask is yeah. what, what do you think is going to be the kind of hot topic at yeah. uh, in Enterprise Connect this year? I mean, last year it was all 
AI focus, collaboration. There was a big, several big tracks on that. So, what, what do you what do you think? I'm going to go to sessions where I think the hype is too strong, so I can write something negative. <laughs> I love it. It seems like you're really looking forward to that as well. Well, a lot of things I write about say, let's get a little bit real about this. Yeah. When, when I used to implement big transaction processing systems, and whatever we did, we had problems. And sometimes we could never fix the problems because no one could report the problems adequately for us to fix them. But we always had problems. So I just did one recently on a survey of what 5G isn't going to do. And I did interview someone in England. He had an opinion which I thought was very important. Most of what people are touting with 5G can be done on 4G. Interesting. I don't even. I, I think five G to me seems so far away. I mean, it just seems like it doesn't even. I don't. It's you know, there, there's so much hype around what's it going to do. I'm going to be able to do everything. But like, you know, it, it, it to me it seems so far away from being real. Am I am I being am I being naive here? Let's put it this way: people say five G, and then let the listener fill the fill in the gaps. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you say fixed. 5G as a replacement for wire connections. Yeah, that makes sense. But when you start talking about 5G and the broadest sense for IoT, one of the things that I could concern about is that 5G looks really good if you have a dense population of endpoints. But as that density decreases, 5G looks less and less attractive. Mm. And and I've seen some of the the wars between uh, Sprint and AT&T have been have been heating up a little bit about, you know, AT&T said they've been rolling out some 5G and Sprint said that's not really 5G. And so I've, I've seen, you know, there it's already sort of starting between those big, between the big t- uh, uh, tier one carriers. Yes, yeah, so the 5GE, what does that really mean? And the word <laughs> means evolution, like, okay, what does that actually mean? It means they're evolving yeah. it, right? <laughs> right. Just a but another thing of 5G that a lot of people have not really looked at something called CBRS. That is 5G unlicensed. And think of 5G as being a competitor to Wi-Fi within buildings or a campus of buildings, but has a much longer range. So I think that's an area that's going to grow considerably, possibly more than the carriers, because if I'm looking at putting in a Wi-Fi system and I say, oh, I can go maybe two, 300 feet, and I could put a 5G system and cover my entire campus with much higher speeds and a higher density, I'll do that as a private system. Remember, we've had the, uh, the CB radio people for years ago? Sure. This would mm-hmm. be the equivalent of CB in 5G, but having a data component to it as well. So you're saying, and I'm, I'm just being, I'm asking because I don't know. So you're saying you have sort of like a private 5G network that runs over a campus facility that you can hook up to like a Wi-Fi network, but it's almost, Ex- but it's like exactly. a cell network, a data network? Interesting. Yes, yes. And at much higher speeds and much longer distance. Interesting. Do you think that the that that could replace Wi-Fi in in a, in, a, in a residential setting at some point, or no? It might. It all yeah. depends on the business model. Yeah. Right? Probably more geared at large large facilities yeah. like hospitals or or schools or things like that. Um, but, but also think about military bases. Oh yeah. Industrial yeah. campuses, college campuses, mm-hmm. the whole bunch of places where they have the density and have the need for that. On the other hand, if I've already bought all my Wi-Fi stuff. I don't have much of an incentive to put this in until my Wi-Fi stuff essentially dies because it's old commodity technology and I need to replace it. Yeah. So, what are the costs associated with with like? Is there is it a high cost? I mean, right now it probably is, but are there more hardware or software costs with associated with five G than like than say a traditional Wi-Fi network? 
some of the vendors I've seen are essentially saying, buy a Wi-Fi, we'll also insert 5G in the same access point so you can use both. Interesting. Graham, I but think you should still, but, Yeah, but that also means I've got to replace the, the Wi-Fi I already have. But if I'm looking at upgrading my Wi-Fi, why don't I include 5G in as well? And these do the device again. I'm just I don't know. Like, does your does your computer does your phone could it hook to a 5G network today, or is that something that has to come no. down the line? That has to come down the line, but yeah. that's not far fetched. It's an interesting, interesting topic. There's yeah. a lot of stuff being printed, and there's also a lot of politics going on behind behind it all. We won't get into that. So that could be a good topic for Enterprise Connect. I, they're probably um, so. Well, I'm sure that I'm Graham, sure you that, and I will be there, right? You're I'm sure that we. I'm, I'm going to be day. there on the. Uh, I'm going to be there on the Tuesday. On yeah, the 19th, I think I was, so. I was gonna, I'm going to go with you. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that later. But, if you um, want to. If you want to meet, I'll be there both on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, cool. we might try to, and catch yeah. up with you, Gary. That'd be nice and put a put a face to a name. Yeah, Gary Arden. I could offer you something interesting. I'm doing five podcasts on Tuesday. I could podcast you guys. Yeah, yeah how about great. that? We'd love hey. to do that. Hey, how yeah. about that? Yeah. You're doing five podcasts in one day? Yeah. Going for Jeez. the world record, huh? That's... No, no. There have been times I've had to do as many as ten. Well... Frederick's over here, our producer. How many have you done in one day? I know you host 25. 25, 25. in one day. Are you in the Guinness Book of Records, Fred? Yes, I am. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> but, but not for that. But not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know. Uh, All right, well, Gary. Yeah. Gary, we've... we always have to ask one question at the end of our interviews. I hope you're ready for it. Are you ready? I don't know. Do you have any pets? Yes, I have a border collie behind me who listens to all my podcasts and webinars. Awesome. And, and, and the name is? Keyboard. Keyboard. <laughs> So if we shout, keyboard. So you have a dog named Keyboard? Yes, my wife teaches piano. Our car is oh, a Sonata. Fabulous. So it goes along with our music. You have a car is Sonata. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Oh, my gosh. So the keyboard is not for the not for the tech side. It's more for the music side. Yes. Interesting. I love it. And how old is uh, Keyboard? He'll be seven next month. And awesome. I'll tell you this. Smart border collies are not always an advantage. <laughs> Can you give me an example of what, what you mean by that? He can open the windows in the back of the car while we're driving. Ooh. So he's like a four-year-old. They sit there waving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so we have to use the child locks dogs, with him. Dogs waving out the window. <laughs> I love it. All right, Gary, we, uh, we've taken up uh, plenty of your time, but uh, really appreciate talking to you. And we'll see and, you at Enterprise uh, Connect. We hope to see you at Enterprise Connect and really appreciate you being on the, uh, on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Gary. Well, that was a fun interview with Gary. I enjoyed talking to the gentleman. We'll have to meet up with him at EC. We will, yeah. He's um, he, he's been he's been doing that for a while actually. Yeah. He's uh, he, I think way back when it was uh, when it was VoiceCon. Oh. You know, the show was originally called VoiceCon. But that was when you were ago. in your forties. Twenties, um, <laughs> I think actually. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Seems like a distant thing, a long time ago. But yeah, very uh, very interesting. What about guy. a dog named Keyboard? Yeah, that's a that's a first, isn't it? I like that I, name. I, I would like to see if he had a cat, he'd call it Mouse. Because <laughs> cats like to eat mice, and uh, then the whole you know mouse wham, keyboard. Wham. Okay, didn't go over well. So, Anyways, I got a great animal story for you. So, I was I was uh, uh, cleaning out uh, some stuff out of a house, and I had some old leftover blankets and sheets and stuff. So, one of the guys here who work with said, you know, you should bring that to an animal shelter. Because, like, they always take, like, old sheets yeah, and blankets sure. and towels. Yeah. So I said, all right, that's a great idea. So I, I looked up. I was uh, over on the East Coast, and I looked up 
uh, animal shelter. And there, the one that I could find, I called them. They said, yeah, we'll take it. Great. So uh, my, uh, my brother-in-law and I would get in the car. We're driving and we're driving, driving, driving. And then we get into like this neighborhood and I'm like, man, this isn't when this is, this is not going to be like a traditional animal shelter. This is going to be someone's house. who just like takes animals in. So we get to this, we get to this house. It's kind of like in the, in the rural area of where we are. It's very sketchy. We've got all these sheets and blankets. I knock on the door. All the next thing you know, you hear Thousands dogs, of dogs barking, barking. <laughs> and I hear this lady. <laughs> she opens the door. All these little dogs, um, little dogs, lots of little dogs, Ankle bite, little come out, and so that she pushes them back in, and one li- a little dog comes running out the door. She picks it up, and she and I said, I look at it again. I go, that's this is not a dog. I said, is that a pig? Oversized rat. I said, is that a pig? And she goes, yeah, it's a pig. What? And I go, oh, okay. And she's talking to the pig, and so now you know she's like, we got the we got big boxes of blankets and sheets, so we bring them inside the house. A lot of animals in there. I see a bird cage, all sorts of stuff, and so she. So I mean, we're just, we're just like I'm, I'm like I'm like shell shocked, right? I mean, there's just animals everywhere, and so she comes back, and we come back in. We cut more stuff. I said, I said, we have pillows. Do you take pillows? Gr- yes, we take pillows. They're great for the snakes. I said, oh, oh, oh okay, okay, great. <laughs> So she says, yeah, we'll take the, we'll take the pillows. I said, okay, well, we got pillows. So we come back with the pillows. And then she says, I'm surprised the wallaby didn't come out and see you. Wallaby? I'm like, wallaby? What are you? She's got a license I go, what, what is a, wa- a wallaby? She goes, yeah, usually he comes out and he, and he likes to see what's going on. So at this point, I'm now like backing out so, of the house. I'm like, this so is. The pig, pig's eating the wallaby. So we get out of the house and we just look at each other and we're like, what, what was that? that? And so he turns to me and he goes, I can't wait to hear that story on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but we went into this house. How so did you find it? Did you just I, pick I just Googled like animal shelter right. and it was the closest one. I called it. But it was a residential house. Yeah, it was a residential how house. Can you do, how can you do that? She had like a whole thing. Um, dude, the house smelled so I was going to say, I can, I can imagine that was a little uh, a little pungent. But when, she, when all the little dogs came out and then she picks up one and I'm like, that's a not a dog. That's a <laughs> And then, and then she said the snakes, and then the wallaby, snakes, and then it was the pigs, birds. Wallabies. I mean, it was, that's it was, a, it reminded me of the true scene. menagerie. It reminded me. Have you ever seen Ace Ventura, Pet Detective with right. uh, Jim Carrey? These rhinos. Oh my God! Here's a scene where he goes into his house and he just like comes in. All oh, he's got hundreds of animals well, maybe, that run out. Maybe we could do the podcast then. At at this woman's house? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I, th- I think I think. He- yeah, I'm not sure that will work. Oh, okay. Regulations and such. Well, I think so. it was very generous of you to uh, to give all these little animals sort of. Yeah, hopefully and, the snakes are yeah. using the pillows yeah, and the yeah. sheets and the. I mean, yeah, I don't know what. Pig, pigs probably roaming the streets now. We ended a, up. A, we went back to the or. house and we had some more stuff. But at this point, I was not in the mood to go back there. So. Okay. <laughs> well. Okay. So that was my animal That's story. A cool story. That was yeah. uh, there was a lot of a lot of animals there. That's not normal. No. That is not normal. That's the sort of thing you read about on the news. So right, the, right. You say like, oh, we, yeah. we, this house, we and then there we were we 73 dogs. Up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Jesus. Okay. Well. Anyways, that's my story about animals. Okay. You got anything? No, that's it. Can you top that? No. I, I'm, I'm in awe. I'm totally <laughs> Shell-shocked. Shell-shocked is the word. All right. Okay, well. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Well, let's wrap it up. Let's, let's go. <laughs> 
We're going. We're going to wrap it up or are we wrapping wrap it, it up? up. Let's, Let's do wrap it. it up. Let's finish it out. Go on in. Let's just finish. Go ahead and finish it out. No, you do. No, you do. All right. I'll do. <laughs> All right. For today's episode of Heads in the Cloud, I'm David Portnoy. Hello. Cool. See you next time. Peace.